Welcome to We Heard About Pluto, a psych rewatch podcast. I am your host, Regs, alongside my additional hosts, George and JP. What is up, fellas? The what? psych boys are back and we're better than ever. Wow. <laughs> hey now, hey now. Psych boys are back. Oh, man. That's got to be a good tag to our theme. Someone's got to cu- drop that. Yeah, we got to start throwing that in there. <laughs> This is it. This is a exciting. This is an exciting episode. I know you guys are excited to to talk because we are. This is the first time we've recorded since we have launched that the is show. True. That's that is right. true. We've gotten adoring fans writing to us, telling us what a great job we're doing, um, and they love our zaddy references. And <laughs> honestly, it's it's pretty big deal. I, I feel like we've kind of launched right into being a pretty big deal. It's amazing to have a hit podcast um and to just be out there like part of the zeitgeist now you know we're being talked about totally yeah we are i mean it's it the the feedback that i've got i got a i think you guys have been reached out too but i got a a dm from steve franks uh creator of the show obviously which just it was a video of him listening to the podcast i could see because he was holding (laughs) up the screen and he was just weeping crying that's amazing that's amazing Thank you. Good yeah. crying, though. Good no, crying. I, I'm, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Dallas. I actually got a couriered letter from Mark Cuban, who said, "You got the goods. Let me know if I can invest." So, wow. just saying, you know, we're wow. gonna get that Mavs money. We're gonna get that Shark Tank money. <laughs> Hell yeah! I actually met Dana Ashbrook, and he is gonna have us on the next movie, which is gonna be Twin Peaks themed. Thanks to me and this podcast, really just pushing for it. So. Okay, now, but 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 George, you really did, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. real. That's right. I did actually meet Dana Ashbrook. We are actually not going to be <laughs> in the movie. That would <laughs> be mean, nice. No, no, no. Did he say we will not be in the movie? Because he, he didn't, didn't say, say we that? weren't. Okay, and then we still got a chance. Yeah. Right. So chance. he left the door open for it. We're best friends now. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, eventually, I just got to find the right time to bring it up again. Well, next time you guys are hanging out, have them wings. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, I, I'm I'm banking on it. So I've been telling all my friends <laughs> and Good. my family. So Good. I would say you should hold your breath. That it will happen. That's how confident I am. <laughs> Holding your breath will somehow help. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great, and I'm glad we're out there published. And I'm so glad that you know it's just something we do because we love it and getting people to listen and have fun with us. It's its absolutely fantastic. Guys, if you have questions, I believe we have an official Twitter account set up now. That's right. Uh, I think it's Heard Pluto Pod. It is. That's it good. Is Pluto That's Pod. good. Yeah. So if you if you want to talk about something we say in one of our episodes, or if we're you know we're doing these in in chronological order, so if you have a comment or question about an upcoming episode, throw it our way. We'd be happy to hear some factoids or your own personal experiences. This is a this is a podcast of just affection and love, and not just the three of us and how much we really like hanging out with each other. But we love the show. So that's right. It's the people's podcast. This it is the is. podcast for the people. It is the people's podcast. It's and JP, I, I very well put, sir. Yeah, we want this to be in. We know everyone that's listening to this loves the show just as much as we do. So please reach out, let it, and we'll we'll be happy to read it on air. Now that we're up and rolling, and we've got episodes coming out every Wednesday. So check Wednesday mornings wherever you get your podcast; it'll be there, ready yeah. to go. I would also love to hear from first timers who are yeah. new to the show. If you decided to check it out because we were watching along. 
you know, let us know what you think so far. We would absolutely love that. Now, are you when when we post the episodes, we'll make sure that our individual uh, uh, Twitter handles are on there too. I know they can be a little hard to spell. How do you even fucking spell Regs? I don't know. <laughs> I know it's a little difficult. George There's... and I picked easy ones, and Regs is like. <laughs> Let me just complicate things so people can't follow me. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch of like silent J's in there too, which I just that was just for fun. That was me having fun. Yeah, it, it's funny because it works in a in a visual medium like Twitter, but when you're trying to tell someone about it, it really complicates things. Really oh, complicates things. It's a nightmare. People hate it when I'm talking about it. One trick to get Twitter audiences to hate you. <laughs> So this is episode eight. We're we're I think there are only ten episodes or um, a, a, a smaller handful of episodes this season. We're almost halfway through, I believe. I episode think you're eight, right. of, eight of the first season. Wow! Entitled "Sean versus the Red Phantom." So much like previous episodes, I've got a quick synopsis, and then we'll just get into you know the the things that we talk about. Now, there's 15 episodes in the first season, so we're 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 halfway through. Oh, that's we're right, on the 15. second half, and I will tell you, there were some uh, production changes in this episode. Most notably, Sean had a fresh new haircut. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell that I think they maybe had that season break, and now they came back, and uh, there were. We'll get into it, but I think uh, I think you see that. I think that they uh, they 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 comfortably had you know the second half of the season. They're doing some things now. Yeah, they were probably picked up for maybe season two at this point. Who knows? I don't I don't know the. But yeah, then the, the, usually when that happens, they start pouring more money into the show, and you can definitely see that here with some of the where they're at and every everybody that's involved. But but we start just like any other, even though it's the second half with uh, young Sean. And then young Henry, and I'll just say this right off the bat, because, I mean, it's just really Henry um, showing how he doesn't have any fun or (laughs) is unaware of fun, and it's... This is the worst. I say His MAGA-meter's all the way at red. It's so much... Copaganda at the beginning. So great psychopath in this beginning. (laughs) (laughs) The only note I have for this is Henry MAGA-meter red... So much propaganda. So uh, <laughs> he looks so satisfied when he sends Sean away too. He's right. like, "I did a good thing today," and you're just like, "Holy shit, dude! You need to take a Xanax." Yeah, it's insane. I, I did. I did like one joke that he made, which was the real heroes. They're they're they're, they're they got badges. Those people out there with their underwear on the outside wearing capes. They're on Angel Dust. Like, okay, that was pretty good, and it was 1986, so Angel Dust was still a thing that was... We weren't far from people were actually doing that and raging out in, 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 in the middle of, like, the freeway. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely classic. Possible. Yeah, total classic. I mean, I, I thought it was funny. I just... It, it, and his, him being like this is funny to me because he is so insane, and it's so clear how Sean turned out the way he did because of Henry. Right. But then we move to the the present day, and Lassiter is driving the the chief Chief Vic to the hospital so she can have her baby. Um, Juliet, meanwhile, enlists Psych unofficially to start looking into the disappearance of well-behaved nerd Mason Brayfogle. Now, before we get into it, now Chief and Lassie are actually on their way to a lethal weapons convention. Like, not the movie, but like, use of firearms, how to take down and kill people. Um, that gets a little sidetracked with her water breaking. 
That is correct. Yes, I, that was a little test I had in there to see if anybody would jump in and correct me. I, I, well, I've, I've, got, I, I've got to say though, the reason the reason I even mention all this is, despite its sitcom like trope bullshit of her water broke and she's with not her husband who's got to help deliver the baby. That storyline delivers. Oh, that storyline delivers so well. It's um, so good. But I, I will get to it when we get to it. But I'm just, I, I am. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. Chief is so good. Yeah. No, it's 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 incredible. It's my it's probably my favorite part of the episode. But yes, we'll dive more into that because it's worth the time we will spend on it. Um, but right, the so ner- Malone Malone got kidnapped or is, is disappeared. Yes, disappeared. And uh, Sean goes. They go to the house and they're examining his room. They see a bunch of comics and stuff on the floor, and they come to realize that the teen has been spending money. And Gus is able to discern that he's oh he's at the comic book convention, and he they then Sean is sold by that, and he's doing a lot of nerd shaming, which I don't love, but. They go to the comic book convention and they're able to get in there with Sean pretending that he is George Takei's assistant. And they're they're there. They're snooping around trying to figure out some clues. They run into some um, movie studio executives that are promoting the new Red Phantom movie. And their names are Talia. Talia. And Dent. 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 Talia we'll and we'll, Dent. We're going to get wow. into this. We're going to get into this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I had a big revelation in the middle of the episode. We'll get into it. We, yeah, the, the 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 names. I, I love the names for some of these characters. They just continue to deliver. Well, let me let me just throw it at you right now. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, so no, no, no. Well, let, let tell the plot, and then I'll tell you my little factoid after the plot. This is yeah. This is a short one because I they were um, we've got like two sentences left, so we'll be able to open up in like a minute. But um, there are okay. So they uh, they also after the movie studio executives, they run into the creator of an. One of Gus's favorites, the Green Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, they learn that the creator is very salty at that movie studio for ruining his vision on the with the Green Spirit movie. Nipples, nipples, big n- nipple gate in this episode. There's so much like nipple big talk. marshmallows. I believe is what he yeah. says about them. <laughs> it's hard not to draw a visual after that. I can see that ruining a movie. Yeah, just sure. go watch right. Batman Forever. Oh yeah. Uh, but after two more kidnappings, Sean realizes this is a planned series of crimes inspired by Green Spirit and carried out by the creator, Hiltz Cooler, in an attempt to get revenge on the movie studio that wronged him. Sean psychically reveals where the kidnapped victims are and saves the day yet again. All right. Congrats, Sean. Can I, can I, can I take first crack? Because Please. I already said how much I loved the 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 Lassie and Chief storyline, and we can get into that. But I got to tell you, there were so many parts of this episode that were just like, well, they got budget, and they also got a little bit creative here because number one, George Takei, George mm-hmm. Takei being, and there's no way he's actually like that in real life, but being just like, I asked with South Carolina blueberries, and they mm-hmm. gave me Michigan blueberries. <laughs> I can take the difference. Like it was, he's so good. He's playing such a great like spin on those yeah. the, on those guys. Wonderful. The guy who created the uh, the Green Spirit, that dude is one of those Canadian actors who's in everything, and he's in everything that's on Sci Fi Channel. And he has been in so many Sci Fi Channel TV shows that I love, and he's always just this great actor. I can't remember his name off the uh, top of my head. But the most important thing, the three people that are kidnapped are Malone, Talia. And Dent, otherwise known as Matches Malone, 
Talia al Ghul, and Harvey Dent. The three kidnap victims are named after Batman characters. Oh my god, nerd alert. Yeah, nerd <laughs> alert. I should have been at that con, man. <laughs> that's cool. I didn't have I did not know that. That's um that's that's great. The Talia Dent is a first name. Harvey Dent. Yes, I get, yeah. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. Okay. Talia al Ghul. And then Matches Malone is actually Bruce Wayne's alter ego when he wants to pretend to be a criminal to like do some undercover shit. Very That's exactly cool. what a rich person would think of a criminal <laughs> name would be. I'll go by Matches Malone. They'll never know. <laughs> to be fair, it's it apparently it goes way, way back. Like it's a Bob Kane original character that he created, but still it's ridiculous. But I was just so giddy about that. Like they yet again, they were paying fan service to the people who were into the kind of framework of the episode. And they've been doing they just do such a great job with that. Yeah, I think that the George Takei cameo is, I mean, that's that's textbook how you do a cameo right. You know, he pops in, he adds to the to the story without really feeling like he's demanding the spotlight. Um it was it's just uh it's great. It's it's a great great cameo and he's in there just the right amount. The 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 dynamic between Sean and Gus and George Takei is so funny. Uh, I, Sean goes karaoke with him. <laughs> Gus isn't invited. He answers the phone and he's like, he calls him like like G. He calls him like G Man or G Money or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you were so handsome today. Like like Sean is just like he can do any job and do it well, and he gets everybody to love him. It's so funny too the way that they set that up because. When he uses him as the excuse to get in, never in a million years are you like, oh, yeah, he's going to show up and be part of the episode. That would never cross my mind. I'm surprised every time I rewatch this freaking episode. I, 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 had that, I had that same moment of just like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, they, they had enough budget now that they got him to come in and be this wonderful version of him. It's really yeah. great. Is this the first, like, celebrity cameo that they've had like that? All yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, the first was... and only. There are no other in the rest of the show. <laughs> this is That's it. That's right. <laughs> I agree with everything you guys said, though. This is it. Was I really loved that cameo? Um, the, the, that cameo. Um, the, the, that was one of my favorite Sean moments so far. Saying he's George Decay's assistant and the whole blueberry thing. It was very funny to me. Um, he does kind of annoy me a little bit in this episode. Sean does, but I. I don't know. I love this episode. I loved it... a lot about it. It's interesting. I mentioned this off air, but you know, when you look at where this falls sort of in the timeline, yes. This is in the, in the great uh culture shift of America and perhaps even the world, some might say, uh in terms of our relationship to comic book movies and comic book culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um this was this came this is 2006, you said, was when this this episode aired. That's correct. And you know, that was when we were getting, like, Blade Trinity, Constantine, which I love, but was not, is still no. not a very well-regarded no. movie, and certainly was not a, cr- a critical or commercial success. No, and more in line with these, we had uh, The Shadow, and we had, uh, oh, God, what's the, it, it, we, they, they, they did these kind of old-school right, radio show-style superhero movies. The Spirit it, 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 Sin City. Yes, yes. So, like, we weren't yet to the degree of Marvel's full saturation of everything that's ever existed. Right, um, and and so there was, I mean, this, I don't want to be like, oh, nerds have it so easy now. <laughs> but th- I would say that 
they're they're not quite the punching bag in terms of the culture that they once were because they have much more cultural cachet. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that, and I think that this episode even kind of roundabout deals with that because Sean is a judgmental prick about all of right. it. Gus is actually in a number of ways the better detective in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I was going to talk about this. Yes, he's, he, he's he in gets to element. be the hero. Yeah, yeah. He, like it's awesome. Gus, Gus is. This this is a world that's normalized to him, and he actually like right out of the gate is just like yeah, kind of shut up, Sean. This is my yeah. place. I, he this- tells him, he yep. puts him in his place. I love mm-hmm. it. And and Sean, yeah, the nerd shaming I didn't love. That was just you know he's, they're too. I'm really glad they moved out of this. And I don't know, like we keep saying this every episode, but now we're like Aiden, and I'm like, is this how just Sean is for like the first <laughs> couple seasons? That's what I've been saying. It, it, it's I think it's only season one, but he's just a little bit of like. Like he's almost like a jock prick, right? Like, like he's he's all about them ladies and mm-hmm. getting them ladies and putting nerds into did lockers and giving them wedgies. <laughs> like he's he has his one nerd friend that he tolerates. <laughs> also, with with the intimacy between Gus and Sean, how is Sean not aware that this is like a big part of Gus's life? I also I wonder if this is not him. You know, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but may, I wonder if it's not him. Playing it up a little bit like he did with the spelling bee stuff um, to kind of prov- like to sandbag Gus from going too far off the deep end. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. And it, it fits into the, the, the longer narrative of the characters. So, I, I you know, absolutely. Yeah. I'll give it that. Sean pretty much running Gus's life. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Yeah, sense. which is the lesser of two evils here. <laughs> Um, one thing, one ahead. thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was really yeah. funny, just as a quick aside, is that um, I bet the writers were kicking themselves later when this early they had Juliet be like, "I don't have a sister," <laughs> and then later they were like, "Oh fuck! All right, John Cena's coming in as the brother," but like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that does that mean that Juliet is is also a sibling of Dom from Fast and Furious? Wow, yes, that's exactly what it means. That's a great way that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Transitive property. Furious (laughs) applies across movies. (laughs) (laughs) So she she has a big reveal in this one too. She um she's kinda like running the show at the station, but then she's able to to chum up with Gus at the end. She's also a comic collector. Big old nerd. Yeah. Big old nerd. But in the good way. I mean, when right. we say nerd these days, we don't mean it the way that they did in, <laughs> in the 80s. Um, oh, also I will say, speaking of the 80s and jumping off of Sean's own toxicity, I think that <laughs> we can see that this is a holdover from his relationship with his father and the way that his father treated him when he tried to get into comic books. Yeah. That this is him. He clearly... Uh, internalize that in a in a bad way and lashes out now in a way to still kind of strive and live up to his father's ideals and expectations of him um which even though he is he claims so many times to not be interested in we see across the entirety of the show that it very much is something that hangs over him absolutely uh, her people her people right and uh, and so i think that this really is you know you can see the 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 generational trauma has clearly seeped into him in the way that he Treats even his closest friends. Yeah, and just but then he is—he's kind of out of his. Um, you know, he, he's surrounded by his—he's outnumbered at the yeah. convention, which kind of I think empowers Gus, right, to really tell him how it is. Which that was, 
I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but that may be. That's gonna Your be gush gush. It might be. I have <laughs> a couple. It might be. Could might be. be. Oh, wow. He was so. It was a great episode for Gus fans for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I. I the, one of the things I wanted to mention is. They, they didn't have licensing rights to anything, so they just got all the men who showed up basically dressed in, like, short sleeve collared button-down shirts. And all the women who showed up at the con were just various versions of fembots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really... They didn't put a lot of thought into what costumes people might wear. <laughs> Their budget was blown with the George Decay. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They were, <laughs> That's why they're, they're coming. Like, Red Phantom, Green Spirit, you know. They're like, <laughs> shit, wait. Do people come to this dressed as cops? That's the only costumes we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a cop superhero that they just write into the show. There's ten that they write into the <laughs> show. And at the end, when, when he gets his superhero-dom... Uh, he also becomes a cop superhero. <laughs> oh, no. A bunch of Henrys there. Yep. <laughs> oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. Well, I kind of teased it, but should we talk about I, the uh, the Gus Gush? Not yet. I, one, one more thing I want to okay. talk about before we get to our, our Gus Gush. Um, the Chief. The oh, chief. yes. And, I, I and the Chief. Yeah. You know, Lassie, I, give or take, I, he, it was funny, the interaction where he's talking to her and she seems to be <laughs> acknowledging him, but then she says, yeah. well, I love you, and honey, <laughs> and he's like, what? And she just happened to be on her Bluetooth. Like, good joke for the time. We That was around the era when everybody was getting those little Bluetooth earpieces. So, like, I'd give him that. But It made me laugh. It did it make great. me laugh, but I gotta say, and, and I always forget, it's, it's Kirsten Nelson. She plays Karen Vick. She goes into labor, she's in the hospital, and, uh, and she's like, nope, I don't want the epidural, and, and, then, and then Lassie's like, are you sure, are you sure? And she just puts her hand up and, like, flashes it in his face, and there's like, I have made my decision. And it was just, she was so fucking good throughout the entire labor, like, the, all of that storyline that's mostly unrelated to anything else in the episode. It really, it's a B storyline that never touches on the A storyline, but she was so good. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they had to explain it when she yeah. showed up next episode not pregnant. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was a good way to do it, too. And I like the I kind of like that they didn't intersect at all the storylines. I mean, they had really nothing to do with the other one. And this was one of this was probably my favorite B plot of the series so far. I like I mean, yeah, Chief Vic just she crushes it. I do wonder if they were planning on like writing her out and like she was supposed to be just like how they did with Lassiter's partner just because she was entered the series like you know pregnant and everything and they they gave her the title of interim chief yes you know? and then yes. she just and crushed it, was... it with her performance because she had I mean she fucking rules and she's been you know like the whole season she's been great so I don't know I don't know too much behind the details of, of the show <laughs> but I could see that being the case and she just yeah this whole B plot I love and I love how it softens Lassiter up I think the baby at the end. I think it's really effective for two reasons. One, I think that this is one of the first times that they've ever really trusted the B characters to stand up on their own. Yeah, you know, I think that this is probably the most time we've spent on a B plot by a pretty significant margin. I completely agree. And usually the B plot is woven into the A plot. Right. And right. this was it, it. Really, you're absolutely right. I think it, it, they really. I, 
it, it, it's again, I think that they're like seeing the strength of the actors and mm-hmm. the characters they've developed, and they they start to give them a lot more room to to have storylines, to have growth, and to carry things outside of the Sean Gus dynamic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in addition to that, I mean, we're sitting here complaining about the way that Sean acted at this convention. I'm sure that they thought about how would Lassie have to act in this environment? And <laughs> oh my God. his whole thing is being pig-headed mm-hmm. and, and not being willing to change, especially this early into the show. And so, at least with Sean, we get to, you know, they can build him up to be this asshole jock who's going around talking shit on all these nerds. But at the end of the day, they can have him change. They can have him, his ego boost him along and be like, hey, now I have a comic book, so they're cool. Um, Whereas with Lassie, I think that his sort of unrepentant shitheadedness would would be really unappealing in an environment like that. And so you have to to take him out of it. And we can't just be like, well, why is Jules involved and and Lassie isn't involved? Um, So you have to explain it somehow. And I think that giving them this room to breathe while removing them from that environment is just such a smart decision. That's, I really, really, I, I, I agree with you, and I think that is exactly what they did. And they, they were able to have that flexibility with Juliet to, to make her character nerdy. We don't know really a lot about Juliet right now. Yeah. She she allegedly has a cat. Um, Hell yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she, she doesn't have a sister, and uh, she likes comic <laughs> books. That's about all we know about Juliet so far. And she thinks it's cute that Lassie uh, might collect those figurines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They have room to... Uh, the, 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 we learn, they develop a lot more, these two characters, this episode, than they have previously. And yeah, it, mm-hmm. really, it really, really works. I loved it. It was my favorite part of the episode, I'd say. I think I could even, like, the convention could have been a B-plot to this. <laughs> I and then, completely um, I no. did laugh that, uh, you know, at the convention, it really did feel like it was less narrative-driven. You know, it did feel like it could have been the B-plot, because there was a lot of just like, oh, here's George Takei, oh, uh, John Dorf is a more relevant artist than Johnny <laughs> Depp. Uh, like, uh, and so there like there was a narrative, but because it was such a com- like compressed like uh, arc for them to go through it did really feel important com- like comparatively i completely yeah agree. and 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 yeah there i think that there was also some i don't know if it was laziness but it, it the the a plot we'll get into it when we do our wrap up but i agree like i don't think it was as nearly finely tuned as the b plot in a lot of ways it's almost seemed purposely vague in mm-hmm. a way where it's like they had it, it was very simple to me, like in a sense, I bet the lawyers got involved in a really heavy-handed way, and we're I'm like, sure. you, you can't, are the squ- fucking you can't impugn, can't impugn any, uh, any, any properties in a real way, even if it's just an imagined slight. And so they have to really sort of uh, make things as generic as possible. <laughs> What's the two most generic? Like red phantom, green spirit, purple. Yeah, ghost. what the fuck does that mean? Those are literally the same shit. Like. Yeah. Purple really ghost. Are. Purple ghost would be the next blue one. phantasm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, we could write these. <laughs> um, all right. So, are we, we got Gus gushes now? Yeah, let's do, we, do our Gus gush. All right, let's cool. do the Gus pineapple gush. watch. Yeah, that's good. We got because uh, I yeah I'm gonna have a disappointing pineapple watch. Spoiler. Um, but I already te- kind of teased it. Um, my Gus gush 
is when he tells off Sean because he's speaking for all the nerds in existence when he's talking to the jock that is Sean in this episode of really how he feels about him. He's not ashamed. He's not. And Gus is never really ashamed of the stuff that he likes, all his fringe hobbies and and whatnot. And the, I mean, it's, just, it, it's, it's a great moment for him. It's really where he kind of, you know, and he you're right, JP, he's the better detective this episode. So and he uses his magic head, too. So that's also something I don't think we've touched on. But um, yeah, when he when he tells off Sean, that's that's my Gus Gush. George, what do you got? Um, I was going to say just his general um, detecting skills in this one, because I think that um, I love that Gus is not just a sidekick. Yes. That he really he feels like he is such an integral part of the team. They feel like a team, uh, and and that's so important to the relationship. And, you know, I just love that he gets to be the detective in this one. And it's not just, you know, his detecting skills go beyond, like, oh, I am a nerd, and so I know this comic exists. His Like, he is genuinely useful and helpful and good in this one, and, and like, finds clues and yeah. stuff. He finds the map to that, that leads them to the convention center to begin with. Right, mm-hmm. and and is and understands what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's just he's just great. He's just great in this one. That's I I you guys took two that I was really weighing over, but I got to say my gus gush of the episode is when so 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 um so so Sean has introduced himself to the con as a psychic and then this is my sidekick magic head and at the end it's the reveal where there's going to be a one-shot comic of of psych man and his and his sidekick magic head and honestly that magic head caricature is so awesome (laughs) and 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 if i was if honestly if i was gus i would be like fuck yeah dude and then they do like they do a close-up and like they made him look good as shit and yes they gave him a giant hat and also a wand, which I did think was and really a funny. rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that picture, that like, rad. it was so good. I just it, it was just like such a worthy tribute to fucking everything good that Gus did in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, I, really good episode for for Gus fans though. Yeah, I will say I feel a little weird about not picking a specific moment, and so I will say that one thing yeah, that I really me loved. Too. It's kind of bullshit. I'm circling back around to it. You're saving your job right now. I'm glad. I'm kind of circling back around. Um, It's not going to be related to that that thought, though, because my I'm going to say the moment that I liked the most is when he complains to Sean about being thrown under the bus with George. And they're just like, oh, we'll have to like make up a a third person who's helping us (laughs) that we can blame everything. They fired several imaginary employees in this episode. Yeah, and just that, like, interaction between the two of them and, like, working together to, like, all right, yeah, we'll make, like, a fake person and that'll solve both of our problems. Like, oh, my God. Or, or no. Beatrice. Oh, another moment. Another moment when they're they're first talking to the security guard and Sean's like, you're going to make, uh, 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 oh, God, what does he call him? I can't. He's not. He, oh, the Russian guy. Like, Chekhov. Oh, Chekhov. Like, you're going to yeah. make Lieutenant Chekhov? Wait for blueberries, and and he's like, it's Sulu. Like he's so angry <laughs> that Sean can't get his goddamn Star Trek. It was so good. It was great up, great up for him. Love. Now let's let me just ask you guys. Uh, so Reeves, Please. I think I know your answer. So let me start with George. George, did you spot any pineapple? 
Uh, I'm going to be up front with you. I watched this episode a while ago, and I don't remember. Mm. <laughs> All right. We're continuing our streak of so no one maybe? spotting the pineapples. Riggs, what do you got? Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally did. Mm-hmm. Where are they? <laughs> oh, well, I... I wasn't prepared for any follow-up questions. Zero uh, for zero. Okay, zero for, for episode eight now. We're 0 for 8 that anyone has ever spotted the pineapples except for... Nope, we all got it in the first episode. The first it was, one. It was drawn attention to. Yeah. I also really, No, there was one more when he comes more. into the the hotline place. Yeah, and he has a bone. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so in this one, uh, let me tell you where the pineapples were because I also did not see them. Uh, one, when Sean and Gus are buying churros and discussing the missing blogger, a woman in a blue shirt walks by or walks behind them with what looks like pineapples all over her grocery bag. Also, what looks like pineapple leaves sticking out of the What cop. looks like? Yeah, right? Yep. That's but a cop out. there is also a coffee mug with a pineapple on it behind Juliet wow. when she's talking to Gus about the comic book convention. So mm, we are not okay. eagle-eyed. If you're out there and you're finding all these, you need to just like give us the bidness on the Twitter account. Um, we are not good at the pineapples. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It hasn't been going well, and they keep seem to <laughs> be getting harder. So I, we're going to get better, though. I think we're, there's nowhere to go on this game but up for us. Yeah, I, yeah you're absolutely right. I think I that. smoke too much. I just forget about it in the moment. Yeah, I'm just I know. enjoying the show. <laughs> I'm just like, to, oh, yeah, the show's great. I'm, I'm trying, trying to get down important moments. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Every time when the episode's over, I'm like, fuck the pineapple. <laughs> but. Yeah, so no, that, what do we, so we're over three. I think we've done it, so two episodes out of eight. We're two out of eight, that's a quarter. 25%, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not terrible. so bad. Two that's terrible. Hey, in baseball, in baseball, you're still, you're still holding on to your job at 250. This is, a, this is about my average with uh, with finding Waldo, too, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah, those, that's really difficult. Um, I've never mastered it. All right, so we did the pineapple. We did the Gus Gus. The last thing we have to do is rate this episode, and we're going to adhere to our rating system of pineapples. Mm-hmm. So who wants to go for it? I'll kick it over to JP first. JP, 10 pineapples. How many? So it's it's weird. I, I got to say, this episode had sometimes a very, like, I wasn't laughing. I was I was interested, but not that interested. But then when it hit, it hit so hard. All yeah. the Lassiter and Chief stuff. Every time Gus opened his mouth, there were some good Sean bits. Magic Head, which is just a, such a great classic a joke from this show. Um, and I really was thinking about it. I'm going eight pineapples out of ten. I think, yes. that, I think that the good parts of this episode are so good that they carry the rest of it. Oh, yeah. That's a great score. Yeah. I'll jump in, yeah, and I'm going to say that I totally agree. Uh, I think that this uh, is a very fun episode. I think it uh, it shows a lot of what's to come in terms of smart writing choices. Yep. And um, I think that, like you say, there are, there are some moments that lag a little bit. You know, it's not a breakneck pace. We've talked a little bit about how the a plot is sometimes a little a little looser than you might hope um but all in all i think that the the episode is a really good one you know especially uh coming off ones the the one from before with the ghost and 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 being a little unsure of how we felt about that one i think that this one really shows them coming back strong and i 
two, I'm going to say eight pineapples. Nice. Nice. Wow. Great scores. I am going to be right alongside you, gents. I loved this episode. I I really like what they're... Yeah, and everything you guys said, this is a sign of things to come, just with the the writing and everything. But just the, the character development that happens in this episode is... I finally they they develop the characters in a way that is it's so good. It doesn't even have to happen with the kind of show that this is, but it does and we like I I appreciate it so much especially with like we said the Lassiter and Chief Vic B plot here. It's so good. I mean, it, all around and I love I, I yeah, this stuff taking place at comic book conventions is also very cool to me. <laughs> it really it's is. Very cool scenery. I just kind of imagine myself there. I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, <laughs> um yeah, loved it. Love the great Gus episode. Great uh, ending. You know, f- fun all around. So I'm gonna go with. Why don't we just make it a party? I'm gonna go eat pineapples as well. Nice. Wow. I think that's eat our pineapple first, party. Is that our first time we all gave the exact same score? I don't I think, think so. So I don't think so. I think we probably did a few at the beginning. Well, well we were. Great. The point is, the point is, we're yeah. great. Okay. Yeah, for sure. We, we were all deliberately under, like you know. <laughs> Price is writing each other for a few episodes, I remember. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so I think we were purposely not doing it for a while, but it's it's nice that we found some harmony here. We yeah. can give the same score. JP, yeah. you are allowed to change your score as the rules dictate, but... Nope. Solidarity is my brother's. <laughs> nice. Wow, not going to go for 8.1. Thought he <laughs> no, might. Nope. Nope. No, because then, then, then it messes up the whole, like, what's the decimal even going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, right. 8.0. But it, I don't need it. I don't need it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for episode eight of We Heard About Pluto. Why don't we just uh, plug our stuff real quick and then we'll head out of here. I will. Riggs, what do you got to plug? I got uh, my Twitter, Twitch, Riggs815. Find me there. Um, I do a, ha- a Twitch stream on Wednesdays at 6 called Happy Hour with Reeks. Uh It's very fun. I just kind of play a game and do a power half hour every time. So come watch me get drunk on on stream. It's a lot of fun. He um, still has not caught Carmen Sandiego. No. <laughs> no, I haven't Soon caught not. Carmen Sandiego. Not yet. But that's, you know. You're getting better. You're I'm, getting better. Although I know you're, not, you're not taking my suggestions that every single time he's in Morocco. <laughs> so, or she... One of these days, I'm going to go. I'll, I will go to Morocco <laughs> one time. And I'm going to throw such a party when, when the criminal is in Morocco. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Where I'll just have to the end the world stri- is happy out with Riggs. <laughs> Damn. That's my theme song. I don't have one yet. Got to clip All right, that. George, George, what do you got to plug, man? Um, I got a podcast to plug. I uh, am also the host of Little Horror PHL, the best little horror in. The, excuse me, the best little horror house in Philly. Should probably get the name of my own show right. It's a really um, good name too, by the way. I love, I, I love the reference every single time. Some have said that it's really unwieldy and hard <laughs> to say. And, uh, and I guess people aren't fans of Dolly Parton I or, guess. or Venture Brothers. <laughs> I guess, but uh, nonetheless, that's the name it is. So we're sticking with it. Uh, and we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. I agree with them for the duration of the episode that it's the best, and we have a real nice time talking about movies and being positive, which is not always the case for a lot of podcasts out there. Especially about movies. Yes. Yeah, it's nice to have positivity out there so that some things. It, there's, there's just it's too much Duncan, too much anger, too much cynicism. I, yeah. I, I, I love... I love the way that you, you, you interact with the guests on the show, and you just it's, 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 it's just talking about an art form. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. 
<laughs> it's very fun. So subscribe to all of our stuff and then subscribe to this show too. Send us, like we said, send us your uh, questions, thoughts on Psych to... JP still has to go, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't worry. Dude, no, I... go. I'll chop this out. The, the, look at me. I'm so... I, I'm terrible. Oh, go ahead, JP. Oh, no. Right oh, no, we lost him. Right <laughs> he, was the so, end. he was so oh, upset no, about it. so close. <laughs> Hey, this has been, uh, uh, we heard about Pluto. This is, this is the Psych Podcast, and uh, it's just a... All other Psych tra- Podcasts, kick rocks. Yeah, pound sand, jerks. Um, <laughs> check, out, uh, check out Crime of the Century on HBO. It's a documentary about the opioid epidemic. It's just going to break your heart and make you so angry, but it's something really important that we all need to know about. And otherwise, just keep kicking it with us, watching, watching Psych, and... Um, Having a good time listening to these episodes. Send us your questions. We love you. And um, smooches to you all. Follow Herd Pluto Pod on Twitter. At Herd Pluto Pod. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm Riggs. (laughs) 